You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast with NFL insiders Brian Baldinger and Jason LaConfora and Odyssey Sports Original. Welcome to the latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. As always, we come to you from our friends at Odyssey, and we appreciate you guys listening, subscribing, downloading, rating, reviewing, wherever you get your podcast. Please um, keep that up. We appreciate the feedback as we head throughout training camps. We will be previewing the NFC South this week as we um, have almost made our way through each division. Uh, Baldy has had a chance to check some of these teams out in the flesh. I have not. I guess I should introduce myself. I am Jason Lockenfora at Jason Lockenfora on Twitter. Baldy is at Baldy NFL on Twitter, as I think all of you guys probably know by now. And Baldy has had eyes on half of this division. I think it's fair to say the upper half of the division, Bucks and Saints. But we're also obviously keeping abreast of what's going on with Carolina and Atlanta. And we will, um, by the end of this podcast, have you guys sized up with everything you need to know about who's going where. Baldy, it is um, good to reconnect with you. I hope your travels have been uh, safe. And I I hope your travels through this division uh, were both safe and prosperous. Yeah, I think so. Um, Good to be with you here, Jason. I was in Tampa uh, with the Bucks for an entire day, a week ago last Sunday. And uh, I want to say, Jason, it was 95 degrees and 90 percent humidity. It was it was a brutal, brutal day. And Bruce Arians, he he runs a tough old school practice. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, it's been a long time since I've seen Tom Brady practice. You know, I I saw him once when he was with the Patriots, of course, you know, they were always locked down. You couldn't see much. But watching him work in this in the heat in this preseason, you know, and watching him not just work himself, but how he integrates himself with everybody on the team, whether, you know, it's a rookie wide receiver and Jalen Darden out of North Texas, or whether it's Mike Evans, or whether it's Clyde Christensen, the quarterback coach, or, you know, I mean, there's not a play that goes by. He doesn't, you know, have some discussion about what he just saw, what, what happened, what he wanted to do, how do you do it better? Uh, it was really impressive. And then if you just look at the whole team, um, you know, and Bruce Arians has touched on this throughout the offseason, but they didn't lose a single position coach right. or coordinator. And then all the players come back, and then you add a first-round pick like Joe Tryon, who looks like he's a terrific-looking prospect out of Washington, or even a Jalen Darden. You go, how are you going to fit this kid in? But he's got, like, real quickness and suddenness and – so you just go through this team and you just go, there, there just isn't a weakness except 
you know, how does a team um, not fight complacency? You know, and that's wow. that's what we're up against is just that <laughs> that enemy. Baldy, who has slayed complacency over the years more than Tom Brady? Right? He's a complacency killer. I mean, if anybody earned the right to be complacent, five rings. <laughs> No, no, no question. Five rings ago. About it. I mean, he's the ultimate, uh, you know, combater of that. And, and so you, you feel good about it, but you still, uh, do they relax at all? I mean, he doesn't, it's not his style. You can see the way he practices and you can see how he engages everybody. The thing that's amazing to me was throughout the entire season last year and just watching it in practice is because of Brady and maybe also Arian's influence, you just don't see anybody ever complain about not getting the ball or not getting the ball enough. There were games right. last year where Gronk didn't get a ball. Of course, he catches two touchdown passes in the Super Bowl. Uh, but even when Antonio Brown really came on the second half of the season, you didn't hear any whining from, uh, from you know, Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. And, you know, Godwin could easily – be uh, as big a wide receiver on the market as he wanted to be. He's, he's already said, you know, I, the team discount, I'll take it to stay here and win more games. Well, Baldy, I, I think sometimes it's easy for us to just get caught up in the whole Tom Brady thing. And, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of people were projecting right. a year ago that it would be this Cinderella story and that he would leave New England and find a way to win, maybe not a Super Bowl, but 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 turn the bucks. Um, sort of have them realize their manifest destiny. And and sure as hell, he he did it, and he did it in a pandemic, and he did it at a time where I don't think teams were even in pads last year until about August the 18th, and he did it with no preseason games, and he did it adjusting to a new system where he really, I don't think, got fully comfortable until after the bye week when they had that meeting of the minds, right? And they started to throw to the running backs more. They started to run the ball more. They started to take less deep shots on first down. Um, and they started to kind of play within themselves. Like, he had to be uncomfortable. I know he would never show it last year as he's leading these illegal practices in parks, you know what I mean, and showing up in people's houses. Like, he, it had to be a little different for him. Out of his comfort zone, something he hadn't had to do, win a team over in a long time. Baldy, all that's behind him now. And they are playing preseason games. You know what I mean? And he can truly be the full Tom Brady and and go not just to 10, but to 15 when he needs to rip somebody's face off, knowing that they know why I'm doing it. That kind of part of it blows my mind. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think last year we didn't quite grasp exactly what this dude was doing. And then to flip the script to now where he's built all that stuff in, they get him, he gets them. He can be his full self. And they're the reigning champs. It, it, it might be the best team he's ever been on. Um, and you think about all the great teams in New England, but it might be the best team he's ever been on. Um, you know, he's returning all five offensive line starters. And you just watch those guys work. I mean, Tristan Worse is an amazing, amazing athlete. And he's just getting started. And, you know, they get Vita Vea back healthy. He missed half the season last year, yep. uh, over half the season. Uh, he's just, you know, there, there's nobody that plays – the run or the interior like Vita Vea and this whole business. Levante, I mean, I talked to Todd Bowles for a while. They just gave him a, yes. you know, just made him a, you know, the highest paid uh, coordinator in the league. And, you know, I mean, he's, he's telling me about Devin White, how, uh, he, you know, he hasn't reached his zenith yet. And he, he looks like the most dominant middle linebacker in football as we talk on this podcast here today. And he's only going to get better. And you watch him work. I mean, that's what he's working towards. And, 
And so then you just watch the whole secondary, and they're all coming back. And Antone Winfield Jr. is out there catching balls off a jug machine for 30 minutes after practice in 95-degree heat. And, I, you know, when kind of pressed why he's out there doing it, he goes, I, I, I want eight picks this year. I want eight. Like, they're, they're setting these standards, you know, like at the moon right now. Yeah. And they know that they're going to wear the bullseye every week. That's okay. Like, I think they're, they're ready for the challenge. I do too. Um, clearly they're the cream of this division. I think they'd be the cream of pretty much any division. And there, there's at least on paper right now, um, there, there's not a lot of nits to pick and not a lot of holes um, to, 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 to focus on or, uh, or, or try to, um, you know, exacerbate. I mean, it's a damn good roster and they're act, they have cohesion now and they have a normal off season and normal training camp. So, Good luck to everybody else in the NFC. Uh, what were some of your observations and takeaways from a very different Saints camp than any in recent history with obviously Drew Brees not there and Sean Payton for the first time in almost you know 15 years having to uh, completely reassess the quarterback position? Well, that was my first observation, Jason, going uh, you know down to Metairie, uh, you know to their training camp, their practice facility there. Uh, was there's no Drew Brees and it just felt like a void. I asked that to Sean Payton. Of course, he gets that every day. Yeah. So uh, he's he's pretty used to answering that type of question. But he did say that Drew has visited camp a couple of times um, and that his influence is still very much felt throughout the team, how to practice uh, his influence within the organization, uh, the, the level of professionalism. I mean, a lot of those things people learned from Drew. And so there's a carryover effect to that. The quarterback competition is real. I personally believe, Jason, that it's Jameis Winston's job yep. to lose. Yep. Um, you know, when, when I press Sean on, do you lose a lot of the juice that Taysom Hill brings yep. to this team if he becomes the starter? And so he he kind of dodged it, you know, to a you know to a fair extent. I mean, this and then if you talk to the the you know some of the players, Cam Jordan and you know some of the you know the veterans on that team like Demario Davis. Um, you know, they'll tell you that, you know, Taysom Hill is is a, is a viable candidate. Um, but I, th I think they kind of feel like Jameis Winston is fully committed. Mm -hmm. uh, he's always been a committed player. His, his you know, his Achilles has always been the turnovers. And so, I mean, that's one of the things that they'll do. But, I mean, Sean Payton said, look, Bully, I, I just want to see which guy moves the team, is productive, gets us into the end zone. That's what I want to watch. And so I think that's still very well open. Now, with that being said, there is no Michael Thomas. Right. And I don't know if his welcome is completely worn out. Mm -hmm. I think they're pretty frustrated with Michael yep. Thomas and mm -hmm. the Uh Traquan Smith is is injured, so he was not out there. And then if you go, okay, if there's no Traquan and no Michael Thomas, who is Jameis Winston going to throw to beside Alvin Kamara? And it's a real question mark because there's a lot of young guys there. They really haven't addressed it in the draft. I mean, it's just a bunch of free agents and yeah. Marquez Callaway and Deontay Harris and, I don't know, Lil Jordan Humphrey out of Texas. And that was okay when Drew Brees was your right. quarterback. He could make those guys. Deontay Harris all of a sudden looked like he was a viable candidate uh, to get the ball because of the way Drew saw the field. And, you know, you can't expect any of these quarterbacks to be able to see the field the way Drew Brees did and to be that far ahead. And so you go, is there enough firepower on this team? I mean, Kamara 
is an amazing player, an amazing worker. And, and, and no, but I mean, he's option number one, two, and three right yep. now. And so, you know, and you have to be careful about not wearing him out. They've always had that ability to rotate him and put him in different spots and all that. But they, you know, he never got, you know, the bulk of uh, the carries the way some number one running backs do. Uh, they always kind of split it up just to keep him fresh, yep. which was important. And, you know, he's been a touchdown machine since he came in the league four years ago. But to me, they, they look like offensively, they're really challenged, you know, from a firepower standpoint. So I, it, it's, it's incumbent upon Sean here to really alter this offense in a way that plays to their strengths, which is the run game right now. Well, I, I just wonder, I, I'm with you. I think Jameis is going to be the quarterback, but I do wonder how much <clears throat> first down it's Taysom Hill in there in some sort of an elaborate run action package, right, with with Kamara. Um, I, clearly, they're going to run that team through Alvin Kamara, and, 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 you know, they're paying him a lot of money, and we all know the story with running backs, right? You might as well get everything you can out of them. While you can, it's still a really good offensive line. Uh, I just wonder if that becomes their identity and Jameis is there to kind of offset it with with bombs on play action. Well, I've talked to uh, a lot of the guys in the defense, Cam Jordan and Demario Davis, and they have tremendous uh, veteran leadership on that side of the ball. Uh, you know, Cam Jordan will tell you how many times he has sacked Jameis Winston, uh, you know. <laughs> so, uh, but – you know, they, they drafted his Peyton Turner out of Houston. He's really kind of lit camp up. And I think they're going to take a big page out of, uh, you know, Steve Spagnuolo's book with the Giants. And they're going to put a NASCAR package in there of just a bunch of big, long defensive ends getting after the quarterback. And really, when you look at, you know, the secondary, whether Marshawn Lattimore or, you know, Patrick Robinson coming back and Malcolm, I mean, their, their goal on defense is to lead this league in takeaways and try to give as many extra bats and short fields to the offense. And, you know, that's one of their solutions to combat an offense that's going to be a little challenged, I think, through much of the year is to see if they can, you know, take the ball away at, in record numbers. Uh, when they won when they won their Super Bowl, um, I don't know what oh, year yeah. it was, 2009, I mean, they led the league in takeaways. Greg Williams, the defensive oh. coordinator, and, uh, you know, that was, a, that was a really good formula. And so that's how they're thinking defensively right now. Yeah, they, they, they certainly have become one of the more more fascinating teams in, in the league and, and how Sean Payton transitions from that Drew Brees offense that, let's face it, was, was kind of running on fumes at the end there. You know, how, how they get that shot of adrenaline or what they do differently um, besides just, you know, run the ball even more um, remains to be seen. I do wonder, transitioning to the Panthers, if at the end of the season we look at Alvin's stat line and maybe it looks a little bit like Christian McCaffrey's from a few years ago, Baldy, where we're talking about a guy who, who might catch 85, 90 balls for 1,000 yards and also run for 1,000 yards. Um, I, I, I don't know that the Panthers don't want to just pick up where they left off, right? And and if, if they can get back to that, if if – the running back can be the ultimate security blanket for Sam Darnold and him knowing that, Hey, you, you just, you know, he's the man. You just got to ride in the sidecar with him and make a couple of big plays a game when they're there. 
I don't know. Does that does that work? Yeah, is that, well, is that I feasible? Mean, you know, in 2019, Christian McCaffrey had 403 touches from scrimmage. That's just too many. It's too many. Now, there was games where he was catching 15 passes out of the backfield against the Colts, I remember. I mean, it's just he, he was just too big of a focal point of the offense. Uh, now, he's still going to be that guy, but can they lessen the load a little bit, take it down to 325? I mean, I know he wants 400, mm-hmm. but the receiving core is much better. Um, I think the offensive line has a chance of being better. I mean, they paid Taylor Moten a whole lot of money. Um, you know, they've added some new pieces, Pat Elfline at left guard. Um, you know, we'll see if Cam Urban can hold down the left tackle job. They've got a bunch of guys over there, Greg Little and Dennis Daly, guys they've drafted. we got to see how much significantly better it is uh, because Sam Darnold, showed you with the Jets that if you don't protect them, like he's going to make some, he's going to make critical errors. And so this is, you know, this is his, uh, this is his year. He's got a really good organization around him. It's not like being with the Jets when he was there, when everything was in transition, the general manager, the coach, the owner is all in lockstep. They're building this brick by brick. I think the building is really going on the defensive side of the ball, but this is the showcase for Sam Darnold. Everybody knows it. And really, the owner is going to decide. Yeah, you know, it. You know, if they win eight games and Sam Darnold's okay, like, I don't think that's going to cut it. You know, for this owner, um, you probably know a little bit more about him. Than yeah, I no, too. I, I think he, he's looking for um, a true face of he's the franchise. He's looking for a megastar at yeah. quarterback. Yeah, he's looking for somebody who people pay money to go see. You know, him not just throw a football, but just to be around him. Um, and I don't know that that's Sam. I mean, look, Baldy, it's early, but I, I will admit that I'm a little skeptical that that this is going to turn out to to be um, a perfect marriage or that Sam, they're going to view Sam Darnold as the answer. Do you uh, have any early opinion on that? Well, I mean, I want to see Sam play. I want to give him a, you know, just tabula race here, give him a clean slate. Yeah. Um, you know, let him start fresh. I'm a fan of Sam's, but... Look, I mean, anybody that watched him for three years, whether it was the injuries, the illness, mononucleosis that he had, um, you know, there was certainly a lot of things around him that he couldn't control. But, you know, you can't look at Sam Darnold for three years in New York and not have questions Mm -hmm. and not have doubts because you can't really look at a a six-game stretch even in three years where you go, wow, that guy, he's arrived. You can say that about Baker. You can say yep. that you know yep. about a whole bunch of other guys. You can't say that about Sam. So can he just, not necessarily magically, but can he put stretches like that together where he doesn't turn the ball over? He's a force, you know, in the fourth quarter. He can finish a game out. I mean, that's what Teddy Bridgewater could not do. Um, and, you know, Matt Rule was frustrated and, you know, they, they cut ties. So it's uh, really, I want to give him a clean slate, but you can't not have doubts based on what you saw in New York. And so, um, you know, even he admitted <laughs> on national TV, it wasn't fair to him, but seeing he was ghosts. seeing ghosts. A quarterback say that, um, you know, that that's that's kind of an indictment. Yeah. Other side of the ball, Baldy, last year, we, we both felt like um, as the season progressed that they – they were starting to add some blue chippers over there. Jeremy Chin, you know, uh, Burns. Are, are they are they still a little ways away? You know what I mean? It's one thing to have two or three standout players. It's another thing to have the kind of defense um, that Matt Rule ultimately aspires to have. Um, 
where do you think they are in that progression? Well, I think they're significantly better. Uh, Brian Burns is going to be a star in this mm-hmm. league. I think this is his year. Uh, it's all coming together for him. Derek Brown usually takes defensive linemen, especially tackles, a year to try to figure you know the pro game out. And um, you know his his physical traits were on display throughout the year. He plays really hard. He's he's a beast of a man. Uh, but you know it's it's not about individual guys. It's about how you play collectively. So I think J.C. Horn is a really good player. I'm anxious to see how he fits in. Um, you mentioned Chin. He's like that amorphous type player. Yeah. They play a variety of roles. Um, I think under Phil Snow, the defensive coordinator, you know, this has a chance to – this defense has a chance to climb into the top 15 um, in the league this year. I think they're, you know, that good. Their question is really on the depth side uh, as they still try to build that on that side. Well, it seems like Atlanta's been trying to build a defense for, wow, <laughs> long time, Baldy, long time. Um, it, 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 it never quite happened under Dan Quinn, at least not consistently enough. There's a new regime there. I, I, I gotta say, I'm a little still find myself scratching my head about this team because it's, it's clear that the owner isn't willing to sort of embrace a full step back rebuild. They're kind of trying to have it both ways where, oh, we're, (laughs) we're, we're trading one of our best players in a salary dump, but we're still. You know what I mean? But we're 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 still competing. And that's why we kicked the can down the road with Matt Ryan, because we haven't given up on him um, on him still winning something here. At the same time, we we're getting rid of the guy who he's got far and away the highest quarterback rating throwing to of his career. Young coach, young GM. uh, I don't know, Baldy. Opportunity. It was the perfect opportunity to turn the page. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's what they did. Um, you know, that's what they did in 2008 with Mike Smith and Matt, drafting Matt Ryan and the new GM. I mean, you know, they, they turned a page and they, you know, they went from three and 13 into the playoffs. Um, they had the perfect opportunity to do it this year. And there was Justin Fields sitting right there. If they yep. wanted Justin Fields, uh, you know, a local Georgia product. I mean, it, it, it seemed like a perfect fit. Um, I understand falling in love with Kyle Pitts, but you know, this is far, far away from one player. Um, away from you know building this thing, so they they tried for the last four years to build an offensive line. They 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 couldn't do it. I mean, they spent more number one draft picks than anybody on the offensive line. They still couldn't put it together. Uh, McCare, you know, McGarry and Lindstrom and Hennessy and all the guys that they drafted. Yeah. So that's kind of where it starts. But I'm with you. Like defensively, I I I don't know I don't know what you can expect from this team defensively. I mean they. Pass rush, uh, you know, playmakers, they keep shuffling the secondary. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they look like they're a long ways away to me defensively. And, you know, maybe they can help themselves by not breaking down as frequently as they did under Dan Quinn and the variety of defensive coordinators they had there. But it does start with talent, and it, it looks talent deficient. Because I don't – you tell me that – is Dante, Dante Fowler Jr., is he <sighs> – you know, is he an elite pass rusher? He hasn't been in this league, uh-uh. and that's that's their best pass rusher. Right. Yeah, I, I just, again, confounded, confused, scratching my head. Like, they've tried this equation for a while, right? Well, we'll just outscore everybody. Well, 
No, you won't. You know what I mean? Like your quarterback's not 25 anymore and he's not mobile. He's not going to extend plays. He's not going to open up your run, the, your run game with his mobility and, 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 and ability to shift things around in the, in the pocket and play with mesh points. Like I, and look, I buy Arthur Smith as a play caller and yada, yada, yada. But I, I just don't feel like they're putting a lot of people there in position to truly have success. Well, they have a problem in Atlanta. Uh, Jason, I don't know the last time you've been to a game in Atlanta. Nobody's going. Nobody's Nobody going. Nobody goes to the games. So it's it's a brand new, it, you know, it's a new stadium and yep. nobody is in the building. Now, COVID had, a, you know, obviously last sure. year. But, I mean, but this but predates that. that. Before that, like people weren't going to their games. It wasn't a, uh, a destination. And so uh, I'm not saying uh, making the change at quarterback and starting fresh with Justin Fields is the answer. But you've got to give this give this fan base something to really get excited about right now. And, yes. you know, I mean, their, their, their biggest star player in Julio Jones is gone. And I'm saying that Julio, you know, was the guy that he was four years ago. He, he clearly isn't. Um, you know, that, that over right. the last two years, you know, Calvin Ridley has been the better player and more productive player for sure. But, uh, I, you know, they just everything they did last year, just trying to, you know, bring in Todd Gurley that, you know, was a bad mistake. Oh. Uh, they just didn't do their homework on Todd Gurley and just how bad those legs were. Sure. Uh, you know, I mean, it was just a mistake. And so I don't know where you go outside of Arthur Smith and say, okay, this is, this is uh, the future. This is our vision. This is what we want to do. I, I, I just don't, you know, like, I, I think like they may regret uh, the decision that they made this year. Yeah. Baldy, anybody besides the Tampa Bay Bucks reach the postseason in this division? I think it's very questionable right yeah. now. Uh, you know, I, I think if the quarterback situation is really good. If Sean Payton can figure out the quarterback, um, you know, and 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 really make it work. Nobody's going to be Drew Brees, but really make it work where there's still a top ten offense. Then I think the Saints, you know, certainly have a chance in the playoffs. Even with the seventeen game schedule, do we know by Christmas that the Tampa Bay Bucks have wrapped up this division and? <laughs> and 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 quite possibly the number one seed in the NFC. Yeah, I think that's a real possibility. I think there's what two more games after Christmas this year, yeah. Jason. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say that's a real possibility. I mean, they just look that strong. Um, you know, you remember, uh, you know, this is a team that lost five games last year, lost to the Saints twice before they beat them in mm-hmm. the playoffs, and they were clearly a much better team in the playoffs than the Saints. So, I mean, that was their closest challenge last year and they're nowhere near the team they were a year ago. So I would say that uh, that's a real possibility. They could have it all locked up. Now we'll see what green Bay does and what kind of challenge they present. Although I think the NFC North is going to be a lot better this year. Mm-hmm. So it might not be a runaway division that it's been for green Bay the last two years. I think they're 11 and one in their division over the last two years. So, but I would say, you know, green Bay is, is the only team that I think yep. right now on paper that could challenge the Bucks for, you know, NFC supremacy by Christmas. 
I'm with you there, my friend. Well, I will. Uh, I'll be checking out the Saints here soon. I'll be at their first preseason game against the Ravens for whatever that's worth. We'll see how these coaches decide how to divide up these games now that there's three and not four. But I'm certainly as eager as anybody. I think the biggest, obviously, takeaway from this division as a whole is that that the the, the rebranding of the Saints' offense and what that looks like. That will be fascinating. Well, we appreciate you guys listening. As always, this has been our NFC South season preview. Um, Please uh, rate, review, give us feedback on iTunes, Spotify, uh, the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate you guys, as always, for listening. Um, I am Jason Lockenfora at Jason Lockenfora. He is Brian Baldinger at Baldy NFL. And Baldy, I look forward to chatting with you again shortly. Uh, Not sure where I'll be, not sure where you'll be, but we'll be watching football either way. For sure. You got it, Jason.